Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. Pull up a chair each week and join me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, as we discuss the hot topics from the last few days. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Oh, and email us with any any questions you might have at sunfire, ugh, sunfire tavern at gmail.com. Nearly got through the whole thing. Without Nearly. So Nearly. close. I was even doing you... my stupid broadcaster voice. You but know. you missed Google Podcasts. The big thing of the last few weeks. That's been our big hit because that's <sighs> where we've had a lot of... Uh... A lot of interaction through Google Podcasts. Sorry, hello, Google Podcast listeners, and hello, Clark. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Uh, yeah, lockdown ended. Today. Well, lockdown eased today. So yes. Yeah. Very exciting. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Um, I have been playing a wide, a wide range of games, watched some movies, um, which we can get into. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the lockdown lifting a little, easing a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to go back to uh, climbing gyms because climbing gyms are opening back up. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a monkey, monkey brain, monkey, mon- monkey in uh, climbing as well. Uh, so yeah, got plans to go to a climbing gym coming up this week. Uh, I'm back in the gym tomorrow, so I'm yeah. excited about that as well. Like I haven't been in the gym now since God February last year. Mm. Um, and even then, I wasn't really putting the effort in because you know why bother? We're not, it's a lot, not like we're not going to be able to go to them anymore, and then. A year later, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Mm. But I mean, have you have you had a chance to go outside today? Have you seen any? Because uh, I know I've, I've read some BBC News articles about like apparently there were people like queuing up outside shops in preparation for today. You know, people so excited to, to just go shopping. You know, doing some yep. retail therapy. I've seen a bit of that. I've seen a few uh, like camping chairs outside pubs. Wow. Um, so people sitting and queuing outside pubs, um, which is fine. It's just I guess it just shows just how desperate people are just to get back to normal yeah i think yeah um but yeah i've been outside uh we had snow this morning which was weird Um, yeah that was very odd (laughs) Mm. and now we've got like beautiful sunshine like it's like probably 15 degrees or something now like maybe 14 15 degrees outside yeah after we had snow this morning so that's very odd very stereotypical uk weather isn't it it's just all over the place and now Um, and now someone's gonna i have a friend who apparently the past three or four episodes, I've opened every uh, every section, every opening with talking about the weather, and now continuing on with that habit of talking about the weather. So there's nothing else to talk about during lockdown, other than the weather, <laughs> and and hoping that someone's had like some kind of minor accident, so it's something interesting to talk about. Oh. Like, oh, you got you got tapped by a car. Tell us all about it. Like everyone gets really excited. Oh, Whereas before, people are like, oh my god, that's terrible. Like, you got hit by a car. Now it's like, oh my god, tell me the whole story. Drama. You need real yeah. life drama. Like as well, like if, if you if you had any chance to go to a restaurant during lockdown, like in in any way, shape, or form, like if you've managed to just go out for food, people's eyes light up when you say something like that, and they're like, "How was it? Like, how is the experience of eating food in a building?" Because everyone's obviously been buying food and then going and sitting outside, but a, a few places have been allowing you to sit in like heated porches mm. and stuff, so you can sit outside in little like pods and stuff. Uh, but that was during the second lockdown. Yes. There was like a, a load of little pods alongside the South Bank in London. Mm. And just going into one of those and having a, a like a dinner was was just awesome. It just it felt so normal for a few minutes. Um, for a few minutes. For a few minutes, then we went back to the fear and terror that is this world that we live in. Yeah. Um, but Ollie, what have you been playing this week? What have you been playing, watching, doing, seeing? So I've been watching 
bunch of random films. I watched uh, Iron Man. Oh no, I watched Captain America last week. I think I said on the podcast, like the first, first Captain America. Yeah, the first Captain America, which I hadn't seen before, and it was surprisingly good. Like it's it was good, better than it? I thought it was. Yeah, but it's pretty good, isn't it? Like I was surprised by Captain America, um, the first one, because I'd never watched it before. And uh, when I did my Marvel rewatch a few weeks ago, um, it really pulled me in. Like I really, really enjoyed it. But the the third Iron Man. Mm. probably could miss that one like that didn't really feel as impactful but uh, what do you think it okay it wasn't as impactful in terms of like sort of pushing the marvel like cinematic universe storyline but i think it was a good film in terms of like showing a you know a different side of tony stark in terms of like you know him dealing with the whole like anxiety of you know dealing with the the attack from the jatari i forgot their name well, um, seeing infinity effectively is what he saw because he saw the other side of the galaxy yeah basically yeah and, yeah sort of dealing with that and dealing with the fact that the world is filled with or the universe is filled with aliens and things yes there's a lot to deal with especially for someone like tony stark yeah exactly right yeah. so i thought that was pretty cool and then also um i thought the the interactions between tony stark and the kid uh in in iron man 3 were like really good um and it had some really cool just really it was just an entertaining movie but in terms of like yeah actual like plot development and stuff like that not great but you can tell that the writing in like as marvel went on like as the phases went on like the writing definitely got more humorous or started taking itself yeah. like less seriously which i think is like a really good thing for well, i think um, it started to understand itself and, and worked out what it was cuz one of the biggest challenges i think marvel faced in the early days was getting that medium to the masses because mm. it was like saying to the masses hey you know this really nerdy stuff that you've all kind of bullied and, and hated for most of your life we want you to be part of that now yeah. and trying to get like that audience into that group was probably quite a big challenge i can imagine yeah True. but you can definitely see it from the writing like and it, it culminates at the end with one division mm. where you can kind of see like they've really nailed exactly what they are at that point yeah because that that deals with like really heavy uh, concepts and also really humorous concepts at the same time, mm. which is kind of cool. Um, I think it's really good. Yeah, one division. Obviously, yeah. We, you know, we talked about it multiple weeks on the podcast. Yeah, so. I mean, it was a yeah. session. I was actually just talking. So I, I just started my new job as well, and I was chatting with one of the game directors today, and we were talking about like inspirations and stuff, and we both came to the same point of talking about one division, mm. and then this what was a thirty minute call ended up being about two hours long because we were just talking wow. about nerdy stuff. There you go. Great. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, everyone seemed to love WandaVision. It was super popular. Yeah, um, and, and then so comparing Iron Man 3, so I watched a different action film last week as well, uh, which was Pacific Rim. So I hadn't actually seen Pacific Rim. Uh, so good. Yeah, it was... It was good. It was it was entertaining to watch for sure. Um, it was it shows like the difference in terms of like, action films where like Pacific Rim like takes itself like seriously but almost like a B-movie kind of yeah. plot kind of thing. Uh, yeah, also... Yeah. It's very, you know, it's it's very stereotypical and very like, you know, it's just a, it's just a Japanese mecha anime in the form yep. of like a a Western film. Um, but yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh, the fight scenes were pretty cool and the mechs were pretty cool, but also just a lot of like, why haven't you just given these mechs like a hundred billion guns? You know, like oh, so you know at the end of that, there's that weird kiss. Uh, so well, not reason, kiss, reason, right? Exactly. There's not a kiss. Do you yes. know why? I don't know why, but I know apparently it was like a big thing. Or something? Yeah, I, it was I a missed huge it. Thing. Yeah. So, Japanese movies don't tend to end with kisses and the the, the main two characters getting together, unless it's specifically a story yeah. about those two characters getting together. Like, but American movies always tend to have uh, a central storyline around a, a male, usually a male and a female character, eventually becoming um, you know the couple at the end of the movie because yes. Americans like to follow that whole storyline. Mm. And what Pacific Rim was because it was obviously uh, I think it was co-directed by a Japanese director as well. 
they or something along those lines like they didn't want to lose appeal to japanese audiences mm. so instead of having a romantic interest at the end they just became friends <laughs> yeah well I, I don't know dude i mean like that that hug that embrace it looked a little bit was that friends oh well, yeah, you know. I've, I've hugged friends like that but then again yeah i mean i'm a, I'm a big hugger you know, it. Uh, I mean, it depends, right? You know, obviously, it wasn't a kiss, so I think it was interesting. I think it was cool, but yeah, I guess it kind of leaves it ambiguous to to discuss about what their relationship is, and also, and ultimately, I mean, whatever they're like co-pilots and they've been inside yeah. each other's memories but, and stuff, which you could probably also argue is probably a little bit more intimate than anything to do with like. Uh, yeah, I guess you have to lock your memories together, don't you? When you do that combining thing, whatever it's called, uh, what is it called? Lock in or drifting? Yeah, drifting. When you become you. drift kings. You know, yeah, drift kings, and you become Tokyo drifters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, drift um, kings and drift queens. Yeah, this is it. But the, so one thing about that movie is, is some, it, we went to see it with like a group of like kind of Michael Bay fans. Mm. So we were expecting big explosions, big monsters fighting big Macs. But that's what we went in wanting, and that's what we came out with because it was a movie about big monsters fighting big Macs. But there was a few people that were like, "Oh, this movie is really contrived, and the storyline is really pathetic, and it doesn't go anywhere." And it's like that is not what this movie yeah, exactly, is at right. all. You missed the point. Like, and did you feel the same way? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I don't think I was trying to say anything specifically, you know, deep or anything like that. It was just like, "Hey, dude, here's a film about some monsters fighting some mechs, and it's gonna be kind of yeah. cool and bombastic, and like, you know." And that's what I went in expecting, and that's what I got. Also, I did not know that Charlie oh. Day was in the film. He's also in the sequel. Yeah, I didn't know, which was weird. But um, seeing so the, seeing him drift with a kaiju was pretty funny. Yeah, and the, the sequel explores some very interesting concepts with that character. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Watch the sequel this week, and then we'll talk about it next week. I'll be interested to hear what you think about the sequel, because it's a very different direction to what the first movie is. Okay, okay. I So from the person who suggested me the film, they said that the, the sequel is not nearly as good. No, it's not. It's 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 way less impactful in nearly every way. It's a great movie, but it just does some stupid stuff where you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I enjoy both of them. Like, I love Pacific Rim. I love that franchise. It's mm. it's it's good. And then also we've got um, Godzilla vs. Kong, which is either just come out or is coming. I, I don't know where we are in terms of movies because yeah. they're like coming out in these weird um, presentation platforms and whatever. I've and they're doing these like, like cinema ticket things online or whatever. Um, have you seen it yet? No, I've not seen it. I've seen the memes about it on like Reddit and stuff like that, but like, yeah, not actually seen the film itself. But well, so what I don't get about Godzilla versus King Kong, and I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get these two monsters to be like, you know, big representatives of two two different franchises. King Kong is like a tenth the size of Godzilla normally. Yeah, because King Kong, there's there's a his iconic shot is him at the top of the Empire State Building, and you you can size him from that. And then Godzilla is as tall as the Empire State Building. So, what's going on there? <laughs> like Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, Godzilla's just going to tread on him, and that'd be the end of that movie, surely. No, because... I mean... No, because he's got an axe. What? They're giving King Kong an axe. Wait, are you... Wait. I can't That's tell if you're memeing. Done. No, no, I'm not memeing. This is... This is, this is the, King Kong has an axe. Are you serious? It's, it's in the trailer. You can see it in the trailer. I spotted it, and I was like, why has he got an axe? And then there's a fight sequence where they're fighting together, and they're the same size. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know what's happening there. It's all, but I'm going to watch it because you know it's also got Millie Bobby Brown in it, who I love from Stranger Things, mm. uh, and I've seen the previous Godzilla, and I think she was in that as well, but I honestly can't remember if she was in it or not. Uh, and I just remember that the Japanese guy in that was like really over the top because mm. like like he was like this really stereotypical like Japanese sensei character, yeah, in amongst a group of scientists. 
and it, it just didn't make sense but it was hilarious to watch like it's just a terrible d movie a b movie that's very very cool to watch mm. um so you've been watching iron man and um pacific rim pacific rim and Captain then, america in terms of games what have i been playing i mean uh Continuing Monster on with Monster Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, continuing on with Monster Hunter. I, I want to put more time into it uh, than, than I have already. I? And there I, just isn't enough time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, so I checked my playtime yesterday. I think I'm, like, eight hours, like, seven or eight hours in versus, like, my friends who've been playing the game, and they are, like, they didn't realize their game times as well, but they're apparently at, like, 60 hours. And they're like, oh. Oh, I'm... I thought you might have been playing a bit more than eight hours. Oh. And I feel very ashamed right now because I'm at like nearly a hundred hours. Oh yeah, there you go. That's what I mean. Like I wish I had more. I wish I dedicated more time to Monster Hunter. Okay, so, so what's your rank at the moment? What you, what's your Hunter rank? Uh, I think I just hit Hunter rank four in the hub. So I'm only um, really playing with friends, as in like just like you know, we'll just hop on and do a few hunts. But uh, you know, as I said, they're in like Hunter rank seven or something like that. Yeah, so, I'm seven as well. Yeah, yeah, they just just rank um, everything. So I'm, I'm so... just kind of roaming around like. So, so the credits roll at like Hunt Rank Five. Yeah, which yeah. Makes no, so it makes this is not a spoiler at all because it doesn't make any sense that the credits roll there, because with the credits roll and there's still like ten or twelve monsters that you're yet to fight. Yeah. And then there's like all new concepts and stuff that get introduced, and there's all these there's, there's hundreds more quests, and obviously then you've got your high rank stuff, which which is the majority of the end game of Monster yeah. Hunter. Um, I don't know why the credits roll when they do. It's so weird because it like it doesn't even finish the main storyline. Mm. Because you know, you know the final boss is the. You can obviously tell because the final boss is always on the box cover. Yeah, it's this thing called Magnamalo, which is this like purple fire, explodey dragon thing with a really sharp tail. Yeah, that like dive kicks and teleports and stuff. Yeah, it's really and weird. It, it, and it gets way worse in high rank. By the way, we we were nearly crying last night playing this in high rank. Oh, um, but you kill him, and then there's like a whole other story boss. Hmm. Like after the credits. Oh wait, really? Yeah, it's like the credits roll, and then there's a few like fights with new monsters, and then some of the old monsters in high rank, and then there's this there's this other new monster that you'll you'll come to by the way. It, it's I'm not going to say what it is or what it does, but you're going to hate it because mm. it's awful. This monster is, and it, it's it. Uh, so what they've done now, they've added this system where some of the monsters you don't get in the quest, you get them as guests in the quest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you get like a little question mark saying that this monster might appear, and it may or may not appear in that quest. So this is one of those. But it, I mean, it's there pretty much all the time. Like, I've never not seen it there. Kind of, And it is so angry and so aggressive and so fast. I hate this thing. <laughs> I mean, is it anything like, do you remember in Monster Hunter World, there was the basil geese? And the basil geese, when you, when you first start getting into high rank, it's just, there's always, like, it's never the target, but the basil use is always just fucking there. It just flies That's over and drops bombs. And just like, that, please go away. That thing was irritating as hell, but in this game, I think we talked about this last week as well, yeah. it's always beneficial to have another monster in combat. Yes, yeah. The monsters turn their attention and you can start riding them, whatever. So it's not really a problem in that case, but when you want to actually fight this monster, it is really difficult. Like, it's so, it, it does so much damage, and, and it's got, like, three one-shot moves. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how good your armor is or how well you, you're geared up, this thing can like take off four times the amount of health that you've got oh in like one shot. But it, it's great. Like I love it. I'm not uh, knocking the game at all. It's just a weird point for the credits to roll yeah. because the game is absolutely not finished at that point. Yeah. It's, it so I, I mean, I've been playing choice. that hardcore. It is very strange, but I've been playing that hardcore this week as well. But sorry, you've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. What else have you been playing this week? Uh, just the usual. I guess like, you know, more League of Legends, Tekken, playing Age of Empires with some friends. Ooh, good um, choice. Yeah. And then... I feel like I'm missing. Oh, I've recently bought Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 to play with some friends, but I'm. Oh, good. Yeah. I love uh, that game. I love, I love that game. So, 
yeah, that's that's the the basic the basis of what I've been playing. No no weird like uh, emulated or like old weird PS2 games played yet. Favorite game? Pardon? That turned out to be my favorite yeah, game. Exactly. And I'm like, I know this game. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to my brother about that last week, and I was like, remember we were talking about Shadow Memories a few weeks ago, and we've not talked about that game for like 15 years. He's like, yeah. So my like co-host on my podcast was talking about it as well and it took me so long to work out what he was talking about he was like that's really weird that that game's come up twice in like yeah um i don't know what it is maybe there's some kind of like marketing push for it somewhere that's making everyone think about it again who knows it's just the leg percent it's the egg cush leg percent dude that's it's coming back long legs bring back long legs too much leg on that man yeah well not enough man on those legs yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i guess i could say what i've been playing as well yeah go for it yeah Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, a lot, like an absolute ton. A little bit of Pokemon again, because for some reason I've sort of dragged back into the raiding in that, mm. uh, which is super simple. You can do them in like 10 minutes. Like, they're not like raids in World of Warcraft or whatever. Um, I was playing, what was I playing on PC? Oh, Stardew. Mm-hmm. So we're now in year three, and we've got to like the second patch content of that game. So we're now exploring like a tropical island and there's like new fruit and new things to plant. Mm-hmm. And we, we've discovering that more we get into that game, the bigger it gets. But it's like it, it doesn't get bigger acceptably. It gets bigger to the point where you just can't put your hands in it anymore. It's so big. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's incredible. Like, there's so much. Again, considering that game was made by just one person, mm. that game has given us like nearly two months of game time now. Yeah, and we, there's no sign of something like my my mates are already talking to me tonight because they want me to play after the podcast. They're already talking about how we're going to redesign the farm to make it more efficient, and it's going to take weeks and weeks of like in-game play to get it to this like level of efficiency, just so we can start the next tier of content. Mm. It's crazy. So we've been playing a ton of Stardew. Um, the Overwatch Archives event started, which um, do you know what the Archives event is? Yeah, I remember the first one. I didn't realize they kept, they like did it as a re like a. It's a it's a every game year. as a live service, so every year it's the same content, but they sort of tweak the content a little bit every year. Yeah. Uh, and this year, so I can probably say this now because I'm not really under any restriction not to, but the Archives event is absolutely a uh, litmus test for Overwatch 2. Oh, really? It, that's what it was put in for. It was in there to test the mechanics of doing quest-based combat. Right. Like, so these objective-based combat, which is what the first round of Archives was put in for. A uh, little industry secret there, but it doesn't matter because I'm not bound by that company anymore. Wow. Um, and then this iteration of it is very clearly testing like the the final parts of the Overwatch 2 implementation, right? Because it's now given us like 15 mission variants with like these mutators on them. Mm. So like one mission is your any enemy that you kill will heal all enemies around it. Right. Or if an enemy is enraged and you kill it, that enrage will spread to every other enemy nearby. Okay. Like that that kind of thing. You have to work. And then there's another one where shields are invulnerable. So you can't break the enemy shields. You have to get behind them or use Sombra to hack them out. So they're, they're clearly testing the rules of like um, objective-based combat mm. for Overwatch 2, which is kind of cool. But I've been enjoying it. It really doesn't feel as good as previous events in Overwatch. And the quality for that game has, has considerably dropped in the last 6 to 12 months. Because yeah. the, the core team has obviously moved over to Overwatch 2. Yeah. And with the stuff that's going on, uh, Activision and Blizzard... I, I don't know. Their their focus is way off at the moment, mm. <laughs> and it really feels like they're they're not they're not creating amazing games anymore. They're just creating quick wins, mm. and I don't I, I'm not I'm not on board with that. But I could moan about that for hours. Um, so I've been playing that, and that's about it. I think for this week, I don't think I've been playing anything else. Mm. But TV wise, I've re uh, finished American Office. 
Oh wow! And I've just started for some reason watching Stranger Things for like the millionth time, and I'm on episode three, and I love the first season of that show. Mm. I it's I live for for Stranger Things, and I'm just gonna watch the whole thing again. Like I have it on in the background while I'm working, and it's just nice background noise. Uh, but that's it. That's everything for this week, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so we can go. So on... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go on to our first um, topic we've got for our agenda. I also probably should have said the agenda at the beginning, but we've got. Um, Fantasian and the Apple Arcade. We we've got a section about E3, uh, E3 coming back, um, and then we've got a section talking about uh, other podcasts that we might want to plug or talk about, and then um, we've got twenty questions at the end. But yeah, so yeah. Apple Arcade and Fantasian. What's this about, Clark? So the Apple Arcade came up a few years ago, and it was a very interesting concept. It was the idea of taking smaller games that are on uh, mobile that weren't uh, the free to play type games there were more the paid games that weren't selling and putting them in a subscription service where you pay monthly and you can access all these games for free They're yes not free for the subscription yeah um and it's not really had any light because there's not really been anything on it that's been that interesting but recently this game called fantasian popped up which is a jrpg uh, from the original creator of the first Final Fantasy game. So, you know, this is a, an iconic developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they've done, they've taken this really cool concept. So if ever you've seen Final Fantasy VII, it was quite famous for having static backgrounds, same as Resident Evil. It had static backgrounds that were effectively JPEGs. Mm-hmm. And the 3D world was, like, rendered over the top of it. So you could walk around all these backgrounds and stuff as if you are in 3D, but they weren't. It was 2D, but they were just effectively photos of like 3D models and stuff. Right. So what, what they've done in this game is they've built actual dioramas in real life. So physical di- dioramas and just put them straight into the game. So the, the game plays in these real dioramas. That's kind of cool. Which is really cool. Like, I think that's, I mean, sort of defeats the object of game development because the idea of developing a game is that you build the world yourself. You don't build it in real life and then just take a photo of it. But well, they've done that in this and it looks stunning. Like it looks really, really good. And I'll, I'm just a little bit gutted that it's only available in the Apple Arcade because I don't have an iPhone. Uh, I don't want an iPhone, and I, if if I did, I probably wouldn't get the arcade. Yeah. So I'm sort of hoping that's going to pop up on Android or like a, an emulator or something soon. Oh, uh, have you seen anything about Fantasian yet? No, I've never heard of the game. So you should check it out. Cool that it's like by the people who original, well, the guy who originally created Final Fantasy. Um, well, so do you know much about the Final Fantasy series in terms of like how it was critically received recently, like how people don't really like the the certain systems in the game. No, I haven't heard. So it's got a turn-based combat system, which is pretty. It's pretty much the game series that define turn-based combat. Mm. And modern gamers don't tend to like turn-based combat. I've found. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not popular, and Final Fantasy kind of gets looked down on because they keep trying to mess around with that. And it's more of the idea of that you're out walking around the world and you keep getting into these random encounters. Yeah. And then when that... you do it, it's turn-based. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. So. This game has possibly come up with the solution for random encounters and turn-based combat. And what happens is when you're walking around in the world, um, the the battles that you you have are stored. So the monsters get sent to like a parallel dimension. And the game just says, monsters have gone to another dimension. Until it gets to 30, and then you're forced into a battle. And you have to fight against all 30 monsters at the same time. What? So, yeah, so they're all like lined up in a massive arc in front of you, and you have to use, like, so your spells are no longer just targeted, they're gestures. So, like, if you want to fire a fireball, you can, like, draw a line around certain amounts until you run out of power, and that fireball will follow the path that you've drawn on the screen. Oh. And you literally knock out all the things that it hits. Like, I think that is a genius idea. That sounds and it's, very cool. It's obviously very specific to mobile, and you could say the Switch as well, because it's got the touchscreen. 
but a really innovative innovative way to not only change that battle system again because uh, the, uh, the the creators of Final Fantasy Square Enix are continually trying to find new ways to innovate on that battle system which they've done there but it's also solving the problem that no one likes random encounters because I'm a big proponent for turn-based combat I love it but I hate random encounters yeah so to me that solved all the problems <laughs> huh I mean yeah I that know. sounds really cool I'll try and yeah. check it out I'd be interested to just see a gameplay video of it just to understand like what the core gameplay because it sounds like that's an interesting take on the sort of like yeah turn-based RPG kind of core combat so yeah well, there's a lot of videos on YouTube of it, and and every time I've seen a video of it, I've been like, wow, this looks stunning. Mm. Like, it, like the spells look incredible. Like all the magic looks really pretty, and the, like I said, these diorama things look look so good. So if you if you have got an iPhone, I would suggest giving it a download because it's free if you've got the Apple Arcade. Which I've got to stop saying that stuff's free in these subscription services because it's not free. You're mm. paying a subscription. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that, that's the Apple Arcade. Have you had much interaction with other games in the arcade at all? I don't. Know, do you have an iPhone or? Uh, no, I'm, I'm an Android user, but I mean, I've followed the Apple Arcade and sort of like these like exclusives, like mobile like um, stuff for for a little bit. I, I remember there were other games in the Apple Arcade that weren't exclusives that did come to other platforms, but I remember initially there were some pretty cool games, or at least I really I, I really like the idea of Apple Arcade because. For me, one of my main gripes with mobile games is that, like, as much as, you know, free-to-play is very accessible and it's great, it means that sometimes the content is not the kind of content that I'm personally looking for. Like, I just want, like, you know, not very much games as a service, but just games that have, like, an end to them or, like, yeah. you know, More like... Content. Yeah, yeah, like small content, right? Or like you know, like bite-sized chunks. It's not like expecting me to like play it, buy into an ecosystem, and then I play that forever. You know, like I have enough of those games already. Like, you know, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, etc., etc. You know. So, um, but yeah. So, so I thought Apple Arcade was a really interesting way to try and tackle that problem, or at least like allow for those more premium mobile games to to break through. But uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like you know Apple Arcade hasn't done super well as far as i'm aware or it's not you know i know initially there were successful service yeah i know initially there were a lot of good games but then like you know um kind of over time kind of like fell fell off but i know that apple arcade was also funding a lot of developers to make games for apple arcade as well right so yeah i'm not sure how how that process has has worked out for them or not but you know that's kind of It'd be interesting to see where it's gone because it did. It, it had a massive amount of marketing when it first came out, and then it mm. just went into obscurity and disappeared. Yeah. But I, I also think my ad experience has probably changed because most ad services probably know that I don't have an iPhone now. Yeah, exactly. So I do get a lot of Android-related ads and like Android apps and whatever. So it's probably worked that out somewhere on the line. Yeah. Um, I think that also ties into like I know this news point wasn't on the agenda, but it ties into this whole idea of like these ex- like you know uh, market exclusives and these. Uh, different marketplaces like you know it was reported recently that Epic Games you know Epic Games Store was making like what is it like hundreds of millions of dollars in loss for their first two years just to try and compete with Steam um, which is crazy when you think about it but it's not actual loss is it it's 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 projected loss yeah so it's it's money that they could have earned which they didn't Mm. so that they're not minus 200 million they're just not earning the 200 million that they could have earned yeah which is a slightly different way of saying it, I think, because the, the I've seen these articles before and I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. And then I read it and I was like, well, no, they've just decided not to get that money is what they've done. Mm. But I, I don't know, like, it's just me being facetious, but we absolutely cannot talk about articles that are not on the agenda, Ali. Like, oh, there are rules. shit, sorry. Rules. Oh, and no. We'll fall into anarchy. Oh. I can't have this. Like, I'm, I'm so upset right now. But um, 
But no, it's actually it brings up a good point because there's a lot of stuff going on in the games industry right now, which is causing it to transition again. Mm. So you've got this idea that the well, not the idea that it's actually happening that the Vita store is being shut down. Yes, along with the PS3 store, and I think we talked about this in brief a while ago. Um, and the problem is, is that we suspected that you wouldn't be able to then download existing games anymore, mm. which has actually come to pass. Okay. You can't download the existing games anymore. A lot of games you can't download patches for anymore. People are now reporting that the store is not just dead. The whole platform is dead. Wow. And that's coming out in the past few days I'm reading. So don't for, for our listeners, please don't quote us on this because it's just based on bits of information that I've been pulling from different articles. But my understanding is, is that this is completely dead. The PS3 and the Vita, so you can't get to this stuff anymore, wow. or you won't be you won't be able to by the end of July, which which is terrible. Like it's killing a whole era of gaming, and I'm not on board with that. Mm. But I'm also a grumpy old man, so anything I can complain <laughs> about. <I don't> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess we could move on to the next bigger point, which is E3 and Gamescom coming yeah. back. Um, so you saw? Did you see this week? E3 got reannounced. Uh, I th- they're doing it as like a digital event, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, COVID compatible. Because um, this year is all going to be indoors again. Like, even though everyone, I'm looking outside right now, and I'm expecting to see like hordes of people with bottles of beer running down the street. But no, I think they're. Uh, but we, so obviously, lockdown is easing today, so people are now back into pubs now, or back outside pubs, I should say. Mm. Um, and as a result, a lot of the game shows are coming back up. So I think July is E3 as a digital event, mm. which I'm super excited about because I love E3, I love the cringe, I love all the the silly stuff. And last year's E3 was a bit ropey, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but more specifically, I'm super glad to see Gamescom's coming back because I love Gamescom. Oh man, it's such a celebration, and it, it's obviously a lot more local as well because it's in Cologne, which is not far away from where we live. Yeah, so quick flight away. I'm hoping, like, I was hoping to be there this year as well because as part of my new job, I would have had to gone to these big shows. Mm. Unfortunately, because it's digital, I won't be able to go. Um, but this opens a bigger discussion because um, so Sony pulled out of E3. Yeah. And a load of the bigger names pulled out, but Nintendo have said that they're coming back. Oh, and they've all, I didn't so, know that. That's cool. Yeah, Nintendo coming back to E3, which which suggests we're going to see Breath of the Wild two, because if if they're re-signing up to a very expensive show, and it is very expensive to be part of E3, if they're happy to not do their direct based system and instead come to E3, that suggests they've got something very big that they want to get marketed, mm. which I'm assuming is either going to be Breath of the Wild two or Metroid Prime four. Well, hoping it's Breath of the Wild two. It should be. But I know from a little bit of internal whispers that that has been delayed quite heavily. Oh, really? Like okay. The dates that they're giving right now are not the dates that we're going to be getting. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, Japan was hit super hard by the, the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it massively impacted Japanese game development, like way harder than it's done in Europe. And as a result, delays are like years and years out. So wouldn't get too excited about Breath of the Wild 2 just yet. But mm. it brings us to the other possible big thing, which is the 4K switch or the HD switch. Yes. So you've seen all about this, I assume, all the rumors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the switch. Right. I mean, there's like different names for it, right? Like the switch pro mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a new, well, basically the... another switch, right? Which has yeah. like higher graphics. And stuff well, like that. The, the, the most popular um, theory so far is that it's going to be an upscaled switch. Hmm. So it's not going to be more powerful graphically, but it's going to be able to upscale at a much better rate. Using right. like some streaming software or whatever. Like I'm not at all aware of how this works, but my understanding is it's going to be using scalable technology. Right. Okay. So it doesn't need to be much more powerful physically for it to be able to upscale and actually produce better quality content. 
Huh. I don't know how that works. I'm assuming magic or aliens or a combination of both, but yeah. that's apparently what the idea is. You know, in the tech industry, we normally use magic and aliens as the basis for most of our technologies. So yeah, of course. yeah, oh. yeah. I, mean, I hope that's common knowledge. Like magic and aliens is how we did most of our games that we were. I mean, that's how we built World of Warcraft. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, as if humans have that technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you think we get the inspiration for these things from? You know, you know yeah, these game ideas and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we, like, we sit down and we have the meetings, don't we? So we sit down and we're like, okay, concept, brainstorm, uh, fill up the crystal with energy, mm-hmm. uh, and then unleash the energy into the different departments around the company so that everyone's filled with magic. Yeah. I think they call it the special source, but we know what it is. It's actually, <laughs> it's Eldritch Magic, but, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Every company has their own name for it. It's ridiculous. Um, it's surprising just, that some people don't know about this, actually. I just like to imagine that there's people who are listening to this podcast and just like, like, like taking notes, like, write that down, write yeah. that down, write that down. <laughs> we're learning the secrets of the industry we'll, we'll listen to IGN tomorrow and they'll be like apparently it is magic yeah, yeah apparently well if IGN are listening that is true you can quote us on this one it's 100% true yeah 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 we've both worked in the game industry for a long time so we know that um, most games companies are powered by literal wizards mm-hmm. also please sponsor us because we yeah. uh, I need more money to buy the next level of uh, wizard hat to, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they even charge us microtransactions for our upgrades in the office as well. Exactly right. You know, That's how the game uh, against you is. Oh, microtransactions, oh, you silly buggers. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I don't know where we went really off uh, off kilter there, but <laughs> yeah. we were talking about E3 and Gamecom. Um, I'm excited this. Like, what what are the things that you're most excited to see this year in terms of games announcements? Gosh, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Clark. I have a small re- question there. I have not. I mean, I haven't really been following in terms of like what what uh new games and stuff like that are coming out i mean obviously there's like the next god of war but i don't have a ps5 so um you know well to give you some surprise updates we've got fifa call of duty (laughs) oh my god breaking the bank (laughs) yeah yeah another call of duty Mm. uh probably something in Fortnite. Um and that's probably about it (laughs) yeah i mean i guess yeah things like breath of the world 2 metroid 4 um, the Nintendo games, effectively. Yeah, Nintendo games. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, also just like I, I like looking at like really small indie games. So like, seeing, you know, I, I remember there was like Solar Ash I was talking about on the previous podcast. Which I'm interested oh yes, to see. I had a look at that as well. Yeah. Super interesting that now. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I'm I, I like watching these these shows to see like the smaller games, like the the you know, and what what you know what's coming out of the indie scene essentially because to me those are like the interesting like uh core gameplay innovation stuff like that. I mean. A game I've had my eye on recently that's apparently done really well is um I don't think it's an indie game but uh what's it called? It's like a co-op game called like It Takes Two. I think it's called. Oh, every podcast I listen to is talking about this game and absolutely bleating about it, saying it's amazing. Yeah, I have not played it, but I'm really interested to play it and find someone to play through. Actually, I want to play it, but I'm going to friends, so that's the sad part. Yeah, I just have to sit at home lonely all week crying. Yeah, same. You know, yeah, I just have to sit and not play it. You know. We could maybe talk about doing like a, a podcast special where we, where we play it together and then review it. Yeah, I guess we could, yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> to enjoy each other's company for more than half an hour a week or an hour a week or whatever it is. What? This no, podcast listen, podcast. Clark, we have a contract, okay? Yeah, yeah, we have yeah, a contract that we've signed. Yeah. If we go no, past... We this, yeah, yeah if, if we go past the hour, then they're going to take my wizard hat away. Okay? That's true. And then I'm not going to have a job. So. Well, the, the, it's like in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I watched Scott Pilgrim this week as well. Oh, oh. there you go. God, I love that movie. Um, I, f- I forgot about the vegan police. Oh, yeah, yeah. The vegan police. <laughs> just show up and take his vegan powers because he's like, milk and eggs, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how much I love that movie. And by the way, that movie has aged 
very well. Yeah, it's very like, good. It's still very, very, good. very well. Like, uh, even in terms of like CGI and effects, they are really good. Mm. And they they probably start. I mean, if you think about it, that movie came out before most of the Spider Mans. Yeah. Spider Man. Spider. Spider Mans. Spider Mans. Spider Man Mans. Spider Mans. Spider Means. Yes. There we go. Spider People. They yeah. came out before Spider People. <laughs> the the, the Spiderses. <laughs> What would this be? This can be the title of a podcast. The Spiders. Yep. Is it? Spider Assistance. I'm really lost in this now. I need to get my head out of this. Oh um, what was I talking about? What came out before Spider Man? You were talking about Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus the world. So the CGI in Scott Pilgrim is so impressive. Because mm. if you think about it, the whole movie, like pretty much every scene, there's CGI of some description going on. Because it's, it's playing out like halfway between a comic book and a TV series. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's, I forgot as well, there's that weird moment in it where it randomly turned into Seinfeld for like five seconds. Yeah. yeah but it's like for five seconds. And there's suddenly a laughter track for a little bit. And, and, it's, and then they turn that off. But I really love that they play with all those different concepts. Mm. Like um, whenever the, 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 there's a fight with the, the, the lesbian character, the what's her name? Oh, so no, the, you, you know, things. you know the seven evil exes. Yes, yeah. She's she's the the only girl, obviously, because it's it's when she had the the bisexual, uh, bicurious thing. What's the phrase she uses? Um, I was feeling a little bicurious, and then she responds with, "Well, no, I'm bifurious," and then yeah. starts fighting. Yes, which is brilliant, by the way. Um, like when she's fighting, it says like "paf" when she disappears and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's got all the comic book effects and things, and and I forgot just how well made that movie was like every part of it even when people are like just waving their hands around it's going like yeah the editing style on it and yeah yeah is really good beautiful like the foley work is is like masterwork to me and i I rewatched it again and and just enjoyed every moment of it because it's it's such a good movie Mm. um so i was watching that as well i don't know where i was going with that though what were we talking about Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man, yeah. You were talking about Spider-Man, like, that versus Spider-Man's effects, and I'm guessing, no, you know, because obviously... Get to from, where do we get to from that? Spider-Man. Well, you were saying, I, th- I assume what you are going to say is that, like, Enter the Spider-Verse, which has, like, a lot of similar, sort of, like, cartoony effects and styles, and you can see it in editing and stuff like that. Um, you can see that, no. like... Yes, we'll okay. go with that. That's okay, that. are we going to go with that? We'll go with that. Spider-Verse. Okay. You, I'm assuming you've seen Spider-Verse. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's incredible, isn't it, that movie? Yeah. Is so good, and yeah, it did kind of remind me of Spider Verse, but I don't think that's where I was going with that one. I'm not sure where I was on that point, but we'll leave it. We'll let it die. Um, so the other point we've got this week is I wanted to talk about other podcasts. Mm. Uh, are you a big podcast listener? Yeah, you? so I listen to quite a few different podcasts um, of various length. The ones I'm listening to right now uh, are, I have you know me being a weeb, uh, I have a particular fascination with like Japanese like. Japan, but not not specifically just like anime and manga and stuff like that. Just like you know, like what life, what living in Japan is like, and that kind of thing. So I listen to two podcasts. One is the Abroad in Japan podcast because it's a great YouTube channel. Um, and then I also look on my recommendations. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's pretty chill. It's like half an hour. There's like a half an hour, two half an hour, epi- half an hour episodes each week, uh, which is you know nice and you know bite sized chunks kind of thing. Um, and then I also listen to Trash Taste, which is by three anime YouTubers who live in Japan. They have different guests on, and they just talk about random stuff. It's very much a rambly podcast, very similar to this one, uh, where they don't really have that strong of an agenda, and they just kind of like talk about random stuff. But it's pretty funny. I like I like all three of them. So, um, and then other ga- you know gaming podcasts. I listen to Giant Bomb and Beast, uh, the Bombcast and Beastcast, but 
haven't listened to that, that in quite a while actually but um that's why i used to listen to like i listened to like the giant bomb cast for like 10 years or something so yeah um and then for entertainment a great podcast i think i don't think it's going on right now but i would highly recommend is um my dad wrote a porno if you've not listened to it before you, you've talked about this before actually oh it's yeah. just hilarious it's hilarious isn't it yeah it's so so it's like um three british comedians who basically well they're presenters i think um and basically one of their dads writes like por- like basically like porno under a pseudonym uh as in like you know like erotica and then basically they just read through it and oh it's just hysterical it's so funny um and it's i think it's quite popular and quite big now as well i know they do like live shows and stuff like that um but yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's uh been so so i think it kind of it was known about at least maybe five or six years ago yeah yeah it's maybe quite... even longer because it was one of those things where it started to be used to advertise the concept of a podcast yes like this is why you should listen to a podcast and i've never been into podcasts so this is going to sound really arrogant because obviously i work on a podcast as well uh but when pre-pandemic time i never really saw the point of them mm. Because I was just like, oh, it's just people talking. Like, who's interested in that? But as the pandemic kind of landed and I started to find myself on my own a lot more than with other people, so I was doing a lot of walking, I had my headphones on and I realized I was running out of music. So I just randomly flicked over to a podcast, which was, I think, the Rooster Teeth podcast. Mm. And I realized it's not about it being a podcast. It's about having that feeling of almost comfort of just having people's voices in your ears. Yeah. And that they're just having like conversations about, and it's almost the conversations that are going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you see a product and you think about it, and you're like, "I want to talk about this with someone else." You listen to a podcast, you get that experience effectively. Yes. And so I then started to listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast. I, I got pulled into um, watching some of their videos because I'm a big fan of the Rooster Teeth um, uh, ethos. They've had their ups and downs. They've had some problems over the years, but I do like them as a group. Um, they also they. They've got some deep connections as well. Yeah. So they go across to Funhouse. They're connected to uh, Game Scoop and a couple of other. Like, uh, there's so many podcasts out there that have people from Rooster Teeth popping up on it. Yeah. Um. So I went across from the Rooster Teeth podcast to, um, what's it called? They do another one where it's just pre- pretty much about gaming. I think it's called Off Topic. Mm. And it's Michael and Gavin and a few others. So if ever you've seen Michael and Gavin play um, Achievement Hunter stuff together. Yeah, or Rage Quit. It's a, oh, it's so funny. The, the, one, one of the best they've ever made is this uh, video where they play Surgeon Simulator together. And each one's controlling a different hand. And, oh, Gavin is such a useless turd in that. Like, I love Gavin to bits, mm. but he is so useless in that game. Yeah, and Michael just gets so angry to the point where you can hear that he's not playing anymore. He's not acting. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, just, just he's just angry. Yeah. So I got into that. I got watching that, and then I moved over to Always Open, which is Barbara Dunkelman's show. Uh, brilliant! It's so cool. It's like a uh, almost like a loose women style show. Mm. Which to our American listeners, by the way, loose women is not a phrase. It's a TV show in the UK that's on in the daytime. That's very similar to uh, what's an American equivalent of loose women. Um. I know there is one that there's there's a few shows that are like it's almost a bit like Ellen's talk show or whatever, but with a panel of women rather than just one. Mm. Um, so always open did that, and they have male and female guests, which is great. Uh, and then from that, I kind of moved on to um, so there's another again Rooster Teeth. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I feel like I'm advertising Rooster Teeth now. Um, I would, then went on to what uh, listen to um, Black Box Down, which I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, no, heard that no. story. Oh, is this the um, flight? This is the story. This yes. is the one about flight recorders and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. So what they do is they they look at plane crashes over the years, 
uh, and see what was taken from like the black box and how the industry was changed because of that crash. Like what bits of technology were added to plane uh, to air, air travel, plane flight travel. I don't know what I'm saying to air travel uh, because of these accidents. And it's super interesting isn't it? because it's it's presented by Gus Sarola and Chris Damaris. Mm. Uh, and Chris is kind of like the innocent kind of idiot of the two and Gus is the one that's really into the medium but right. Chris wants to learn about it and Gus wants to teach about it but he's obviously he's not an airline professional so he's just researching it and then imparting what he's researched and it's super interesting to listen to like the layman ask questions to the more involved person because he's sort of the you of that conversation Yeah, because you know we're all stupid to it as well because I've got no idea about air travel um, and so that was been super super interesting too. And then, and then a more recent one that's come out of them as well was um, Red Web, where they review all these different conspiracy theories that have popped up or um, like weird cases that are unsolved. So like the Zodiac Killer and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoyed listening to, and that's that's presented by um, I forget his name now. Whatever. Like just look at Red Web on uh, Spotify. Um, those are some great podcasts, but then also, so there's, there's the more local ones, which is where I got the inspiration for, um, approaching you about making a Sunfire Tavern. There's the one called, uh, the, the computer, I'll have to look it up actually. Um, I think it's called the computer game show. Mm. Uh, like, do you listen to any of these at all? Well, Cause I'm waffling on here. No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm just quietly writing down to listen to all these podcasts, but yeah, um, no, I haven't heard any of these. Well, I've, I've managed to get myself into like a really solid rotation now. So it's called the Computer Game Show, mm. uh, TCGS, and there uh, it's run by a chap called David Turner and a group called Sean Bell, Matt Murray, and James Farley. Uh, and they're like a bunch of local lads, so they're UK um, podcasters. They're a bunch of nerds. Like they've got the same sort of level of interaction with the industry as we've had. So yeah. they know about it, but they're slightly older. So they're all like early 40s, I think, and they've got kids and whatever. I think late 30s, early 40s is their age group. Um, and I, I like listening to them because like, their banter is really funny. Yeah. Like, they rip into each other. And I like that. Um, then there's the What Culture Gaming podcast, which is a guy called Jules who talks to... Uh, God, who does he talk to? Uh, I actually forget his name now. Uh, but it's, uh, again, like... British dudes having a chat with the, the, the so British dudes and girls having a chat about games and mm -hmm. I love it like so that one's pretty interesting um, and then otherwise I've got the IGN UK podcast um, podcast beyond I, I mean I have so many that's a lot of podcasts <laughs> I spend a lot of time walking like I do nearly 20 miles uh, every day now walking and wow. that's a lot of time to be listening to stuff so because I'm, I'm trying to work on my fitness so yeah. podcast is where I go and then there's also IGN's game scoop as well which I like to listen to 20 miles a day ish not every day okay but when yeah, i yeah. do when i do my big walks like they're 20 22 miles ish um i wow. like to go out and have a little wander around like the 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 pandemic has kind of changed me a little bit yeah i mean that's totally fair man fair play yeah. to you that is so they're my preferred yeah. podcasts like is there any others that you wanted to call out while we're here no i mean i've i've i've, I've said my my main ones that i listen to i think yeah i've been like i've, I've like kind of dabbled in like other random ones on youtube like um misfits and uh, there's another one. I think I used to listen to like H3H3 before, like a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like I've like listened to like I've like dabbled in like and like the the Lunch Club podcast. Like you know, I've dabbled in a few other ones, but not stuck with them. Like the main ones I've talked about, you know, Trash Taste and Abroad in Japan are the ones that are like basically at the top of my list right now. That I listen yeah. to like every every time there's a new a new episode. So yeah. 
I mean, for me, it's just I'm constantly looking for something new to listen to or engage with. And when it's something that we talk about weekly on our podcast, it's interesting to hear other people's opinions on it. Yeah. Because sure. it sort of opens my mind a little bit, which is kind of good. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's pretty much everything we've got on the podcast this week, other than I thought we'd do a quick round of 20 questions. Yes. So the rules for people who don't know 20 questions is you can ask uh, up to 20 questions about uh, a game, movie, or TV series, uh, and the answers can only be yes or no. So you have 20 questions, include, so that's not including guessing what the game or movie or TV series is. You have 20 questions, and then you have to make the guess. If you don't guess it, you lose. If you do guess it, you win. And the prize is all of the jewels in Christendom and wow. a third of the uh, crown jewels, in fact. That's the prize. Wow. That's, don't uh... Google that. Wait, don't Google the crown jewels. No, just don't Google the fact that that prize is legitimate because it might not be. Oh. might be lying. But just uh, just understand that that is the prize that you get. But I'm not going to give it to you. Um, so I've, I've thought of a game. Okay. Ollie, and I want you to guess what that game is. All right. And um, you can go ahead and ask 20 questions starting now. All right. Um, uh, what did the game come out before the year 2000? Uh, I'm not sure. Hang on. <laughs> probably should have. <laughs> uh, probably should have googled this before. And I'm actually not sure because like, my um vortex of time brain has gone a bit broken here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I did it. Hang on, it's giving me the release date for something else here. Uh, what was the year you gave me? Before the year two thousand. Uh. Yes. Yes, it did. Okay, so it's like a relatively old retro game. So it's like a retro yep. game. Okay. Um, did the game come out on the N6... Did it come out in the N64 generation of consoles? So that's like N64, PS1, that kind of era. Yes. Yes, it did. Okay. Yes. Is the game a Nintendo game? No. Is the game on N64? No. Shit. Is the game on PlayStation 1? Yes. Okay. Oh boy, I don't know many PlayStation 1 games. Okay, um... See, it's kind of hard because I want to ask some like obscure question, you know, some some kind of the the all question be like, is this a mainstream PS One game? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, is the game a platformer? Uh, no. Is the game a racing game? No. Shit. Um. Is the game? Car, like uh, let's say like cartoony. Um, I'm gonna say no, but you could argue yes, but no, it's not. Like officially, no, it's not. Okay, how many? Also, how many questions? You're on nine. Okay, um, eleven more. Is the age rating for the game below twelve? That is a very good question. I don't know. Uh, I have the American rating here. But you can use that. Then no, definitely not. Okay, so it's um, is the game violent? Yes. Oh, wow. So it's not a platformer. It's not a racing game. 
is the game a shooter? Mm, again, that's a hard question to answer because you, you, I mean, yes, you shoot in it, but I wouldn't call it a shooter. What? Also, where that's not a yes or no answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. What? Um, does the game feature dinosaurs? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Wow, and it's a PS One game. That's like, gosh, what mature, what what mature. PS1 games. You want me to use it mainline? Was the game... Cr- oh, no, 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 that's a bad question. Okay. Um, God. I mean, the, 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 my main downfall here is that like I do not know many PS1 games. Um, you know so, it features shooting, but you're not shooting. Um, is the game multiplayer? So single player only. Okay, cool. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, as in like you know, like local multiplayer and stuff. You know. Okay. I won't count that as a question for the second part you said there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so it's single player only. Okay. And it's not for kids, as you said, because it's rated above. What was the rating you asked for? Twelve. Twelve. So it's above, above twelve. Above twelve. Mainline on PlayStation. Before did you say two thousand? Yes, before two thousand. Yeah. Gosh. And you've got 14 questions asked. You've got six more questions before the world ends. Is it Grand Theft Auto? It is not, and that counts as a question. Yeah, that does count as a question. Um, Gosh. This is just, you know... I remember when we did the PS2 segment with Charlie, just really blowing and, you know, showing off that I really don't know many PlayStation games. Um... Definitely know this game. God, I'm gonna kick myself then if, if I'm not getting it. Like, what mature PS1 games were there? Like, quite a few big ones. <laughs> yeah, this is it. My mind's just gone blank. Like for PS1 games before the year 2000, is it a fighting game? No. Okay. Features shooting, but is not a shooting game. I mean, I wouldn't call it a shooter. Right. Is it a third-person game? Yes. Right. So it's a mainline third-person game on PS1 that came out before 2000. That is also not for kids. And you've got three questions left. Oh, fucking hell. Um, and then you've got a guess. Jesus Christ. Is the protagonist uh, a man or male? Yes. However, the funny part is, of the mainline games on the PlayStation you haven't named, all of them are male. Well, there's one of them where you can play as male and female, but it's not that game. Jesus. Is this a Japanese game? Yes. You have one question left. Oh, it's a PS1. PS1 Japanese game. Um... So you've got one question left, and then you can guess. Is the game set in a modern era? Yes. Is it something like Yakuza? No, and that was your guess. Fuck's sake, <laughs> yeah, I know. What is it? Come on, you can have one more guess, but you're, you're close-ish with Yakuza. Close-ish. What? So let me give you the clues. It's a Japanese game. Yeah? Uh, it's a male protagonist. It's a mainline game, so very well-known. Exclusive to PlayStation 1 at the time. Is it Final um, Fantasy 7? 
No. Oh my god. What is it? What is it? Nicholas is a shooter. I mean, Barrett has a gun. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. It's Metal Gear Solid. Oh, for fuck. What? <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that came out on PS1. I, I, I've been playing it on PS1. I mean, it's one of the most iconic games of all time. Oh when my like, god. Games, I was thinking, you know this one. Oh Everyone my fucking this. god. So, come on, your turn. You have to get me one, and I need to do the 20 questions and get there and probably fail it as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, let me think of a video game that's, like, not too obscure. Right, got it. Go. All right. Was this game released uh, before the year 2000? Let me Google it. I'm pretty sure it's yes, though. Hold on. Oh no! It came out after the year two thousand. Okay. Um, was the game exclusive to one console? No. Okay. So that's two questions, right? Is the game on disc? Yes. I mean, like one of the versions is. Okay. That probably gives away too much. Um, is the game part of a franchise? Yes. Okay. Um, is it made like in a Western style? Yes. Like, so it's a Western game. Uh, that's four questions, right? Five. Okay. Five. Okay, five. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'll keep trying now. Uh, is it a mainline title? I want to say no. Okay. Six. Is it a Nintendo game? No. Or for a Nintendo system? Yes. Okay. There's seven questions. All right, okay. Uh, so what we had, the, the N64 at the time, we had GameCube. Because uh, we're sort of just after 2000 is what you said, because I'm assuming it's just after 2000. Just after, yeah. Yeah. So that could be GameCube, it could be N64, it won't be Wii. Um, hmm. and it's part of a franchise uh, does the game still exist in a new format today no okay. it's not been remade or remastered is what I'm saying like, it's not not modern I'm okay. gonna say, so I'm going to say no that's 8 questions I didn't uh, Is this game known for its music? Hmm. I'm going to say no. That doesn't mean that the music is bad. It's just not known for the music. Uh, I mean, that's a hard question, man. That's objective. I'm going to say do no. You, do you play as a human character or is it like another species? That's That's not a yes or no question. <laughs> do you play as a human character? No. But it could be an animal or an alien, then. That's ten uh, questions. I'm not, I'm not asking that as a question. I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ten more. questions, yeah. Uh, does the main character speak? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm talking, like, spoken words. Yes. Speak, like, is voiced. Yes. Okay. I think I know what it is, but I'm going to get a bit closer to it first. Uh, Still quite a lot of games that could fit into this. 
Yeah, but if it's one that's on multiple systems, it is quite when it has to be quite well known, and it's on the GameCube or on the N64. I think I know what it is. If it's a non-human playable main character uh, who is potentially blue, but I'm not going to go down that road yet. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, hmm. Is the game set on Earth? I don't actually know. Um. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Are you sure it's not a planet called Mobius? Uh, I don't think. No. Pretty sure. No, no. No, it's not set on Mobius. Okay, I just, I just, yeah, I just realized that counts as a question. So now you're on. on. I'm not anywhere close. I have no idea. I I think you're on 12 or 13. I'm going to go with 12. I'll give you the extra one just in case. Um... Hmm. I guess it could be like Donkey Kong or something, but that's not a question. That's I'm not a question. Think out loud. Don't worry. Um, hmm. I, I I can't think of any questions now. My brain's gone blank. Uh, is the main character female? No. Thirteen. Okay. Is the main character an animal? Yes. Fourteen. Hmm. Hang on. Are you in a ball? No. Oh, damn it, I thought it was gonna be Super Monkey Ball. That would have been a good a good uh, a good one to do. But no, it's not Super Monkey Ball. Uh it can't 15. be Space Channel 5 because you said it was set on Earth or a planet that's very similar to Earth. Hmm. I can't think of any game. <laughs> <laughs> um Is it Skies of Arcadia? No. Okay. Are these counting as guesses? I guess yeah, like sixteen. Uh, is it on the GameCube? No, seventeen. So then it has to be either PS2 or N64, but it has to be both. Uh, that that song is not from the game. I'm just making. <laughs> I'm just making a random tune. I'm just trying to throw you off. Is the developer still around today? Yes. As a, like, actively, so it's probably rare. Yes. Is it Blast Corpse? No. Damn it. 19 questions. Perfect Dark. No. You don't mean the, ma- the main character of Perfect Dark is not an animal. Yes, it is. Are you calling Joanna Dark an animal? Also yes. male. True. <laughs> is it called <laughs> <laughs> What's the rare maid? I mean, it's not Donkey Kong 64, surely. Come on, man. You can probably get it now if you know that it's by Rare. It was on N64. Oh, Banjo Kazooie. No. Banjo Tooie. No. <laughs> Banjo 3E. No. <laughs> Rare N64. Yeah, come on, man. Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I was out of guesses, but da, we don't care. Yeah. That's why when you were like, "Is this is this game known for its music?" and I was like, "I mean, there is the Great Mighty Pooh song." But well, I've like, never played Conker's Bad Third Day, and I know I should have. The idea of it repulsed me. I like mean, I was it, really annoyed by it. Yeah, it's a pretty edgy game, to be mm. fair. It was like it's just trying to be crass, just to be crass. Yeah, li- literally, quite, quite literally. That, yeah. I came out of like Banjo Kazooie, which is still to this day one of the most amazing games of all time. Yeah, and then they went to that, and yep. it was just like, okay, Ray, you need to step back about twenty steps. Here. <laughs> Look, man, they just want to have some edgy British humour, you know. I do. 
Like very like Midlands humour as well. Like most of it was like Midlands jokes. Yeah. It was like jokes about living near Twycross, which was the town I grew up next door to. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? You yeah, because in um uh Banjo Kazooie, the, there's a boat called the Twycross. Oh really? Which is the name of the town where the rare building is. Oh. And it's the town next to Nuneaton, which is where I grew up. Nice. There you go. Um, but as we are, we should probably wrap up. Yes. Um, yeah. That was fun. I always like a bit of 20 questions. Yeah. Um, Ollie, do you want to do the wrap up? Oh, well, um, thanks everybody. Wow, you put me on the spot again. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at Sunfire Tavern. I think we're also on Instagram. Uh, don't we are, but we haven't posted on Instagram for a while. On Instagram. We also really don't have TikTok. Have sorry, sorry to all those young kids we out there. We'll never have TikTok. <laughs> Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Didn't forget this time. Um, but yeah, this has been the Sunfire Tavern, uh, episode 28. Thanks for listening, everybody, and hopefully, I guess, we'll see you next week. Clark, you got anything to say? Just have a good week and take care. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.